Firstly, I'd like to acknowledge the medical people whose land UNSW resides on. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging and pay my respects to any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people watching along with us. Always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Secondly, I just wanted to let you know that my preferred gender pronouns are she, her and if you're participating online, it would be great if you could comment with yours as well. So hi, I'm Jarvie and I'm the wellness coordinator here at ARC this year. What the wellness program aims to do is to destigmatize conversations around mental health and hold events throughout the term to help students stress less and look after their well-being. We know that there's a lot of uncertainty around COVID-19 at the moment and what that means for us as a community and as students. A lot of people are doing it tough and you might be feeling overwhelmed, anxious or frustrated. So we wanted to check in and welcome you to Teen Talk today. Teen Talk is a chance for us to chat to you and to guests in the know about the tough stuff to spill the tea on hype around wellness. We'll be answering all of your questions about what's going on up top or with a cup of tea in hand. So I'm joined here today by three very special guests, Felix, Rachel and Casey, and I'd love for them to go ahead and introduce themselves. So, and also tell us what they have in their cup today. So we'll start with Felix. Hello, hello, uh, my name is Felix. Uh, I am a social work student um, at UNSW and I'm in my, my third year. So I'm currently on placement here uh, at Headspace in Bondi Junction, which is really cool. Um, and I've been here since February. Um, I have a cup upstairs, but I just had to run down uh, because it was too noisy up there. I will go and get my cup in the next introductions and then I'll tell you what's, what's in it. <laughs> Sounds lovely, how about you, Rachel? Oh, me? Okay. Um, my name is Rachel. I'm one of the youth access clinicians here at Headspace Bonai Junction. I have a background in social work. Um, that's basically about me. Um, in my cup, um, I'm going to be honest and let you know that this is a cup from yesterday that I didn't clean out. So, uh, nice uh, goddess tea in it from yesterday. So, it's, it's sitting here. Oh, that goddess tea from yesterday. It doesn't have any water in it. <laughs> How about you, Casey? Yeah, so my name's um, Casey. I'm also one of the youth access clinicians at Headspace at Bondi. Um, I also studied social work. Um, Rach and I both started in January last year, so we've been here nearly a year and a half now. Um, <laughs> my cup, I've got a classic Headspace office cup, and it's just got water in it because I don't drink tea or coffee. <laughs> oh, good. It was really, it's really lovely to have all of you on today. Um, so, as we begin, can you tell us a little bit about Headspace for anyone who's listening and might not have heard of you guys before, Felix? Uh, yeah, sure. sure. So, uh, Headspace is a, um, a mild to moderate early intervention mental health service, essentially, for people aged between 12 and 25. Um, there's Headspace centres um, all over Australia, uh, really. So, we're in Bondi Junction, so we're kind of the closest one, I guess, to UNSW. Um, and uh, there is a bit of confusion. I, I was out there in UNSW an open day and lots of people always think Headspace is the um, meditation app, the orange one, which is a great app, uh, but Headspace uh, is something different. We have a small H, so that's how you can tell the difference in green. And yeah, so we, we are a service uh, here at Headspace Bondi Junction. We've got um, psychologists, uh, we've got exercise physiologists, um, we've got uh, GPs, uh, we've got uh, sexual health nurses, uh, we've got social workers, mental health social workers. Am I missing anyone? That we have psychiatrists, psychiatry, um, and they're all services that uh, young people can engage with um, free of charge. Um, uh, yeah, you can just give us a call. And so, yeah, there's headspace centers, as I, as I mentioned, populated all over Australia. Yeah, lovely. 
Um, so Felix, how has studying been for you and what's your placement been like in the current climate? Yeah, um, it's been, as, as probably all students have found, it's been kind of different. So obviously like halfway through term one, we got told uh, we're now going to online studies. And so I'm, I've been at placement every day, four days a week, which has been wonderful. And um, placement here has changed because obviously Headspace is normally an in-person service. So normally you get to come in and, and see a counsellor or somebody that you're, you're wanting to engage with. But now it's all moved online. So at Headspace, it's gone to what's called telehealth. Um, which is when you can kind of engage with a counsellor or a GP over the internet. Um, and so that's definitely changed my placement a little bit because I was here to get experience and have been getting experience, kind of clinical experience, talking to people that are calling up um, and learning a lot from people like Rachel and Case. Um, um, so doing in-person assessments and things like that, whereas now it's all moved kind of onto the phone or the internet. So we've been getting experience kind of engaging, much like you guys are now on this Facebook Live thing, so getting to utilise the internet a lot more. Um, and I kind of came up with uh, an idea to try to engage, uh, I guess, the community out there because, you know, Headspace is such a, a physical presence in the community. We have a, a clinic that you can normally walk into, but without that presence in Bondi Junction right in the centre, we tried to kind of uh, come up with some ideas about how to maximise our virtual presence, I guess. So um, I've been using some skills that I've had in a previous life uh, before I studied social work and kind of making some um, online video content um, that people can engage with and interviewing people like Rachel Case and other professionals here at Mental at uh, Headspace to try to um, get the word out there and look, make sure everyone's looking after their mental health in this kind of crazy COVID time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Rachel and Casey, how have you found your role shifting uh, with the pandemic at the moment? It's, it's it, been yeah, interesting. interesting. <laughs> um, it's really great. Firstly, I think that we are still able to offer a service given everything going on at the moment. So I think we've been, you know, we've had a really good management team around us at the moment that have helped kind of us move online quite quickly and get things set up, which has been really good. Um, it, yeah, I think a lot of young people have found it quite hard to do that shift to either phone or video appointments. Um, understandably, you know, privacy concerns in the home and, um, just that kind of disconnect in a sense that you wouldn't get if you were in the same room. Um, and I think that's also been something that we've been adapting to as well. Yeah. So it's kind of that anxiety that's felt a bit on both sides, but um, things are a bit more up and running now. So that that kind of things, systems are getting smoothed out, which has been helpful. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's really lovely to hear that you are still offering so much, especially this time when you've had such a sudden shift. Um, and for students, we just finished off uh, with term one. Exams are all done. Um, and as we enter our holiday holiday period, a lot of students um, might find it easy to crash from going, uh, being really busy during the term to kind of struggling to get out of bed, not having much going on in the holiday period. How can we balance having a break, losing motivation, connections, trailing away from things that keep us going? How do we keep going forward, uh, Felix? Oh my goodness, um, I have to try to take some of my own advice here. Um, I think like, well, for me, it's been like really about um, making sure I can, uh, it, it, we hear it a lot at the moment and I'm, I'm loath to kind of say it because we keep hearing repeated repetitions of it, but keeping connected to people is like really important. And it's actually been funny, strange for me. I'm from interstate originally and all my family live, you know, in, in, in Adelaide. And so this has actually been a time when I've put time aside to kind of meet up with all of my family on exactly what we're doing now on Zoom. And I've actually been more connected to my family. I think they think about me more 
because they're like, oh, we can invite Felix to this Zoom because he's like not in another state. So um, that's been really helpful for me, just maintaining and actually growing the connection that I've had to family in a way. So um, yeah, that's kind of helped. But I do think that coming into this holiday period, and I'm just about to finish placement as well, so it's going to be a bit of a crash. I've normally got something to do every day. Um, I think probably for me anyway, it would be trying to have a little project, like a little goal to kind of work on throughout the break. Not allow myself to have the break as well and sort of reward myself for being like, you know, getting through this term because it has been really different working online and having to deal with all of those things. And I think sometimes we don't realise um, that can catch up to us. So it's important, I think, to allow myself to have a break, um, but then also have little goals that I'd like to achieve along the way. So I might, um, I've been thinking about picking my guitar back up um, and singing some songs privately. Privately, <laughs> that sounds really, really lovely. Um, and I think it's really interesting to hear from you as well, kind of moving from having a placement that is four days a week, as you mentioned, um, to not having that placement anymore is going to be quite a huge shift for you as well. Um, how about you, Rachel? What do you think? Yeah, look, I think we were always encouraging. I, I harp on a lot about structure and routine and how, how important it is, and especially during the times when we go through shifts and changes and, I guess, adaption periods. Um, to, you know, we encourage to, to keep doing the things that you've usually been doing, whether it's, I guess, you know, I guess us being able to, like, get up in the morning before work and have a bit of a morning, whether you're going for a walk or a run. Um, and I guess having that as part of your, your kind of your day to day, as well as like, you know, ensuring that you're kind of like sleep and, you know, eating good foods and, you know, like, um, Felix is saying is kind of staying connected, but also, you know, I think kind of giving yourself, um, a little bit of time. Um, oh, can you hear me a little bit better? Um, a, a little, I guess, having time to just, you know, adapt to it. And it's, it might be a little bit. Um, uncomfortable it might be a little bit um, difficult but you know it's you know I think we were talking about as well it takes about what a month to yeah yeah to build a new habit and to get used to a particular routine mm. um, so giving yourself I guess a bit of permission as well it's okay if you're not getting everything done that you want to get done like it, that shift is quite hard sometimes mm. um, and it takes kind of time to get back into that structure um, something that I always like to talk to young people about is, you know, what's something that you can do in the morning that will help you feel motivated, that will make you feel good starting the day. So if that's exercise or just sitting outside and eating breakfast, um, making sure I guess you're getting dressed in the morning, things like that, um, that kind of will mark starting the day. Um, and if it's something enjoyable to start off with, it kind of makes you more motivated to do other things that maybe aren't so exciting later on in the day as well. And I think if as well on that, if you're doing these things regularly, when you have those periods of lulls or not feeling as great or anxious, and I guess in that more of a low space, you have quite a good foundation um, that I guess you can bounce back a little bit quicker than if I guess you have, I guess, not as much um, structure and routine in place. So there's kind of a lack of a foundation there. But I guess, yeah, things like that can be really helpful during holiday periods. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you mentioned some really interesting things that I can relate to myself because I found that, you know, even the shift to online learning, something that I really struggled with was structure. Um, and so something that I started incorporating into my daily routine was exercise. And I'm not a huge exercise person, but I was like, you know what, I have to start somewhere. Um, so I grabbed a friend and I was like, we're going to do this together so that we hold each other accountable. 
And on the days that we've organized that we're going to work out together, those are the days that I'm out of bed earliest. I'm always out of bed, you know, 9 a.m., ready to go. And it kind of gets me started. It gets my energy high as well. Um, and I kind of use that throughout the day to make sure I'm being productive in comparison to days where I don't work out in the morning. You know, I feel really sluggish. I feel really heavy. Um, I don't have that energy. So I think exercise is a really good place to start as well. For any students who are at home, kind of not sure what to do, grab a friend to do some exercise. Um, my friend and I, for example, are just using YouTube videos that we follow up. So it's a really simple place to start. So uh, you guys already mentioned, kind of jumping into my next question, which is about healthy habits. Uh, now that we do have more time on our hands, what are some ways we can incorporate healthy habits into our routines? So we already mentioned kind of starting off our day really strong, doing something that kind of helps us be productive for the rest of the day. But what else can we be doing in our daily routines? So we'll start with Felix. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think we have talked a lot already, I guess, yeah. in terms of, you know, sleep, eating and exercise. They're really kind of core things that are really important to keep on track, even when we're not at uni anymore or we're not working the same, things have changed. Um, yeah, kind of having the same kind of bedtime and wake up time in the morning um, so that your kind of body clock stays on track um, and it can help with energy throughout the day. Um, I think, I guess, you know, ensuring being connected with people as well, that's obviously changed quite a lot. You know, we're not able to meet up in bigger groups. Um, a lot of it's shifted online. So I think it just takes a lot more um, kind of time and intention to think mm -hmm. about what it's going to look like for you right now um I think it could you know it's going to look different for everyone yeah. um for me you know running an exercise is something that I love to do and has been important for me to keep doing for other people like that's not their thing and that's okay um but there might be other things that you know are um, helpful in terms of keeping that on track and keeping those healthy habits in place as well you know, we've, I think we're trying to be creative, I guess, working mm. with clients, but also with, I guess, each other at work when it comes to the work environment. Um, and we have a wellness director and one of our <laughs> colleagues um, has put a whole, I guess, couple of weeks of a plan together for, for wellness for the staff um, to be creative and, and I guess have, um, I guess, maintaining a healthy headspace for us during these times. And, you know, you can notice that we're wearing pink today, and so is Felix, because <laughs> um, we have, I guess, the theme, the themes this week of, um, I guess, a different a, a different theme per, per day. And on, on Wednesdays now, it's pink. So we wear pink. Yeah, so I think, I think when we talk about, I guess, healthy habits, like at this time in your life, because things are so up in the air, it's, it's so uncertain as well, it's new territory completely that we would encourage to be quite creative with, you know, you know bringing in new habits and um, new kind of healthy habits for you. And it could be, you know, things like, like I, I guess, a wellness plan or something like that, or, or even, um, you know, you might like start listening to audiobooks or doing more yoga online or different kind of meditation practices. Um, I think really at the end of it, it's about being creative and really kind of looking outside the box of what could be new and interesting for you at this time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Felix, do you have anything to add? Um, just for me, I guess personally, I've found um, like I can get a bit scrambled, like what do I, what do I have to do each day? And so I find, um, and, and particularly at this time, like even when I come in, to the office here, but if I'm at home having to do study or write an assignment or whatever, it'll just be like writing a list of the things I need to do that day and making it a realistic list. 
Um, kind of not putting all those things on that I want to do, but all the things that I think like I can get done. Um, and then just ticking them off one by one uh, is really good. And then you can look back at the end of the day and see, see like, you know, what you've actually got done. Because I often fall into a routine. I think lots of people studying can relate to it, I hope anyway. Um, I, I try to get the whole assignment done in like one or two days and just kind of want it, want it done. Whereas like allowing yourself to kind of... Um, do little bits of it, 100 words, 200 words here, have a break, and then 100 words, 200 words here, have a break. Give yourself a little bit more time to do it. And I found that structuring that out in a list in the morning for the next two or three days has really helped me um, divide up my time. Because I imagine I'm not there yet. I haven't experienced what it's like to be at home like every day, but I'm thinking the days are going to blend into one. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that's a really interesting point as well. And I think that's a, a realisation you come to at some point as a student that it's easier to write, you know, 200 days, uh, 200 words per day over five days than it is to write a thousand words, not mm -hmm. that one session. Um, and also just the quality of your work is going to be so much better because you've had so much time to kind of think about your ideas um, and work on things better. So that's a really, really good point. A really good point as well. Um, you mentioned, Felix, that you're uh, very much connected to your family at the moment, and I hope that's something that stays, you know, past this quarantine time. Um, and considering that a lot of well-being is around staying connected, you know, now is a really great time to make sure that you are connecting with your friends and with your family and others around you that you may not have had a chance to connect with recently. Um, so how do you suggest we start creating these meaningful connections to check in with one another and make sure we're okay in this really difficult time? Yeah, that's a really good question. I know that um, I've asked Casey this question and Rach, and they both have good answers um, <laughs> uh, on Headspace at Home. So if anyone's interested to go check out Headspace at Home, go to Instagram and you can look at their answers, but I'm sure they'll give them to you here as well. Um, uh, I think, yeah, creating meaningful connections. I think I found that, like, I didn't think, like, that my extended family were, like, that technologically savvy. And then um, one of them... Uh, who my uncle, he, he decided to have like a Zoom, and I'm sure lots of people have done this, the Zoom um, quiz night session. And like we have a, an extended family that really only see each other once a year, you know, at Christmas. And so um, they just put the word out on an email, not expecting anybody to respond or maybe a few people would come and do the Zoom quiz night on a Friday night. But like everybody came, there were more people there than there were at the Christmas and there were even people there that I didn't know. Um, so um, that was really fun. So I think maybe like, Going, I guess the lesson I took from that is like going out on a limb sometimes and, and putting it out because lots of people are probably um, craving the same thing and because um, and, that got a much bigger response than I thought. And so since then we've, we've managed to maintain, not, not the quiz night so much, but like people checking in every Friday night and just seeing how everyone's going. And that's also happened with my partner's family. So I would say like if you've got an idea, I know people are doing like karaoke sessions on the Zoom, on all those apps and things like that. Um, and I mean, now it has lifted a little bit here. I guess we can do two people, I think, which is pretty cool. Um, so choose your favourite people to meet up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that's a really great point. I think um, we tend to think of technology as kind of a barrier to making these connections. Um, often, just because what we're used to is so much in-person contact. But I found that it's definitely reduced barriers. You know, I find it easier to talk to my mates who are in different time zones, who I actually wouldn't catch up with, who I might only catch up with when they're in uh, New South Wales. 
Um, I'm just talking to them more because I feel it's it's easy to. It's really simple. Um, and I think it's it's as well we think of kind of talking to older members of our family is really difficult with technology. But, you know, teach them once and they'll stick to it because they really want to talk to you. Um, something that happened with myself as well, uh, so you mentioned your karaoke nights and your, your trivia nights and your games nights and things. Um, I actually turned 21 while we were in lockdown. So my birthday party, my 21st birthday was over Zoom. And um, since then, something that I've kept going on with my friends is kind of like a fortnightly games night. So we just invite a bunch of people from like all aspects of my life. And whoever shows up, we all kind of meet up, we all just play some games for the night. Um, and it's a really great way to kind of uh, feel as though you're making new friends as well. So I'll do it with, you know, my best mate and she'll invite her mates, I'll invite mine. And suddenly we've got a huge group of mates to, um, to kind of have, have these games nights with, which is really great. Um, Casey and Rachel, do you have anything to add here? Felix mentioned you have some great answers. <laughs> One of the things that I think Felix is probably referring yeah. to, I've been doing some online baking via Zoom with some friends. So, you know, someone will teach everyone else a recipe and we'll all bake it at the same time. Which is actually something that we would have never done in person, but something that I guess technology has been able to be made available. Um, I guess as well in terms of kind of that meaningful connection, I think that's what people are finding quite hard at the moment um not kind of you know there's lags in video calls and things like that and it can be easy to feel like someone's not responding in the way that you want them to or not quick enough kind of thing um and i think that's a really normal thing to be feeling um i know i've definitely felt a lot of time on times on video calls and um something that can be barrier in sessions and things like that but um i think you know a lot of a lot of our communication normally via technology outside of lockdown has been via text and you know, things like that. It's it's not, it's kind of rare that young people will call each other. It's kind of big group chats and things like that. Um, but I think at the moment, it's kind of more having that intentional connection. Um, so to be giving someone a call or, you know, setting aside time to go for a walk with them and um, have a proper catch up because those things are, you know, having deeper conversations is really hard to do over text. Yeah. And I think, well, especially, you know, during this particular time, we're all going through, um, different types of experiences of how you know COVID is you know impacting on our lives and, and different things like that and and some people may be having a, a more of a difficult time and, and suffering a little bit more um, so being able to you know you know show that that kind of extra support and that extra kind of engagement and checking in with with friends is is really really important and as well as family members and it, I guess in a genuine way and I guess if they're not that receptive the first time or the second time that's that's normal um and just giving them a bit of time that they might not be ready to yeah. talk about these different things and, and I, I think it's always important as well that if you are you know really concerned about friends and and family you know you know different mental health and um, you know illness you know emerging and things like that it would be really important to contact you know local um support numbers and you know lifeline mental health line e-headspace things like that just getting extra support because also as well if you're wanting to have meaningful and deeper conversations with people that you're worried about you don't have to do it on your own you can also seek help to to get that done as well absolutely yeah i think that's a really great point you know um you might feel concerned for someone in your life but not feel as though you are equipped to kind of um have that conversation with them there's definitely people around to help you have that conversation um, for sure. 
So it is a time of high anxiety at the moment, especially with lockdown starting to lift now. How can people manage the anxiety of life being thrown upside down again uh, as things start to go back to normal? Mm. I think that anxiety is really common. Mm. Um, it's, you know, like we kind of mentioned before, it takes about 30 days to build up a habit. So, you know, we've been in kind of lockdown and isolation longer than that. So that adjustment back is going to be challenging. Um, and I think, you know, normalising that for yourself and for your friends that um, it is going to be probably a quite overwhelming seeing people in big groups again. And um, I guess, you know, connecting with those people that we might have lost touch a little bit over lockdown um, is going to be hard so I think you know the first thing is just kind of normalizing that giving yourself permission mm. to feel a bit on edge or anxious about it mm. um, but also I guess taking things slowly um, doing what you feel ready to doing things gradually um, so not kind of going back into everything all in the one week but maybe thinking okay what can I do next week and building on that um, for a few weeks, so it's a bit more of a gradual adjustment. Yeah, I think I think going at your own pace during these particular times is imperative mm. because you're like I, you know, we were saying your experience to to coronavirus is going to be very different to, to lots of others yeah. um, and how it's impacting on you. So definitely taking it at your own pace. That you know, just because friends want to go to restaurants and outdoors and you know, having big gatherings, you might not necessarily feel that comfortable yet because, you know, we still want to maintain social distancing and still, you know, um, be aware that, you know, this is still going on. So we still want to be cautious. So it's just really kind of tuning into what's going to be best for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I found um, that, you know, when you go out and you're walking around like on Junction shopping center or whatever, and people are you can you can kind of sense the anxiety or people might be getting too close and you feel that kind of feeling well up like, oh my gosh what's going on you're, you're too close to me um uh when i catch people in the eye uh it's kind of breaks it a little bit and you kind of have this little moment um little smile a little smirk or something you catch people and you realize oh we're all probably feeling the, the same thing and you kind of you know it, it's not even like saying anything it's just the acknowledgement and, and and recognizing it in someone else often helps me feel um yeah it kind of normalizes it for me and makes me realize oh we're probably all feeling the same thing or a similar thing and um yeah so i i find like maybe like looking people in the eye at times and and, and finding that connection with with strangers walking around and then realizing okay yeah we're, we're all here together that kind of helps me sometimes yeah absolutely and i think another important thing to note is you know as these lockdowns um start being removed as, as restrictions start being loosened um you know, some of us might be really, really keen to go ahead and kind of meet up with our friends. But as we mentioned, some people might be feeling really overwhelmed by that or feeling really anxious about it, um, especially with social distancing still in place. And I think it's important, you know, when you're reaching out to your friends and with your, to your family um, in the hopes that you can start meeting up, to be wary of the fact that other people might not have the same attitudes to going outside and meeting up as you. You know, right. I could be reaching out to my friends being like, well, it's, it's done, like we can go, let's go. But they might be feeling a little bit anxious and it's important to know, you know, that we'll be feeling different ways about this. Everyone has had their own, own experience here um, and we need to keep that in mind. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as we start getting closer to uni coming back, I know we just finished, but uni starts again in less than two weeks. Um, what should we start doing or thinking about to stop bad habits before they start, especially with online learning? 
Felix, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, well, um, I think I'm going to just keep, keep my lists going in the morning. And um, I, the, the bad habits, I guess, kind of sneak in when you, you know, if you're on a, even doing the Zoom uh, classes, I find can be kind of disengaging and people aren't on the screen. I actually always force myself to be on the screen, you know, in classes because one, I feel like sorry for the lecturers. Um, <laughs> and two, like, I just feel like it forces me to not be like kind of just over here, not listening, looking at my phone, walking out, checking on the dog, all those kinds of things. So if I put my screen on, it kind of forces me to be more engaged. And um, I think I'm aware that I'm that kind of learner. I, I like to be there. I'm really I'm really not great at learning online and some people might thrive in that environment. I, I know that it's important for me to have that connection uh, to learn and to, to engage with the content and talk. So yeah, putting my screen on is one thing that I'll, I'll continue to do um, and writing my lists. Yeah, absolutely. I think putting your screen on is one of those things that we really, really avoid. But also thinking of it from, you know, your tutor's perspective or your lecturer's perspective. Imagine having to kind of talk to a group of 30 who just... You don't know if they're there, you don't know if they're listening or if they're watching you at all. That would be pretty daunting from that side as well. Um, the difference between my classes and your classes, Felix, was that I didn't actually have any Zoom classes in term one. So the way that my course was structured was that um, you just follow along at your own pace or they put, put the lectures up weekly and it's just expected that you kind of engage with them. And I think... Um, bit of advice that I have for students who have kind of like similar courses is just keep up with it. You really don't want to get to, you know, week 10 and then realize you've missed eight weeks of content and now you have to catch up on eight weeks of content within a week. Um, just stick, uh, listen to what Felix has said, make your lists, kind of keep up with it as you go along, manage your time well from the beginning so you don't get stuck at the end, which is one of those things that I think is kind of easy to say, harder to do, um, but it's definitely worthwhile. How about you, Rachel and Casey? I think you guys have touched on some really good yeah. points and I think what you were just speaking about in terms of, you know, that um, structure and kind of keeping on track, I think, you know, if possible, try and stick to your uni timetable. Like when you're normally at uni, do those subjects so you've got some routine and structure around it um, and that, that will kind of help play into having that structure and routine in other parts of your life, um, whether that's seeing friends or kind of self-care things like exercise and um kind of other enjoyable activities um yeah so i think that could be that's one way that it can kind of um be done in terms of you know keeping that motivation um and i think you know if you've got friends in your courses and things like that even you know thinking about can you meet up together to do some of your uni work or things like that as restrictions lift um because it's sometimes it's it's really hard to motivate yourself at home um and especially when you're kind of working from home kind of every day that kind of you know, your home has suddenly become the place where you do exercise, the place for your downtime, your workplace. Um, so it's really easy to feel not motivated there. So kind of having that accountability of someone else could be really helpful as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned kind of as we, <laughs> sorry, um, as we are kind of at home all the time and all aspects of our life have been moved into the house. I think something that's really helped me here is just segmenting my house uh, and separating its functions. So when I'm in my bedroom, this is my me time. I will not study in my room. I will not do any work in my room. My, my room is my sleep time and my leisure time. My study is for studying and then I'll use a different room for when I'm working. So I feel as though I'm able to kind of split up the way that my brain works and I've created associations with 
kind of rooms that I'm in, something that's definitely helped me. Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm too excited. I want to share my words. Um, I think it's also important, I guess, when we're thinking about, I guess, bad habits and things that I guess we're not doing so well. Um, I think at the end of the day, when we think about bad habits here at Headspace and when we're supporting young people, these these bad habits have, you know, they there are, you know, I guess what's the word? It's like they have a function. They have, have a function. Yeah, they have a function for us. And I guess when we start to have these more, I guess, bad habits, it's it's more around, I guess, our body is just trying to survive. We're just trying to survive during a time when things are really difficult. Um, and I think as well, you know, we're still coping. Like all these bad habits, they're still just different ways of, I guess, coping mechanisms and ways to kind of manage. So I guess it's tuning in. I guess maybe that perspective that you're just trying to survive during a really, really difficult time. Um, and that, you know, there's always going to be another day tomorrow to try out new things and, you know, create different habits. But it's also about tuning into the fact that you're just all trying to cope and all trying to manage a really difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. I think something that's really helped me in the past few years is kind of pinpointing what is the cause of one of these habits. So I was a huge procrastinator. I just could never get any assignments done. And it took me kind of a time to sit down and think about why is it that I'm putting off these assignments for me to realize I'm actually just really scared that I won't do well. And so I'd rather just not do it at all. And that's just the way that my mind works. And so sitting down and being like, okay, how do I give myself the best chance to get the best marks for this assessment? Um, and kind of doing that with all the habits that I have has really helped me um, kind of get rid of these habits and kind of work around them. But in saying that, that's definitely not something that I've done just by myself. That's something that I've done, you know, with my psychologist after years and years of, you know, sessions with her. Um, so I think if you are struggling with things like that, don't hesitate to reach out and kind of get help to work through those bad habits because I found that my quality of life has significantly increased since I've been able to manage those habits of mine. So, um, I mentioned that I do see a psychologist, but, you know, seeking help can be really, really daunting and scary for some people. Can you run us through what students would encounter if they came to Headspace for support? What services do you have on offer? Did we go? <laughs> we can say it at the same time. <laughs> Um, so coming to Headspace is, I guess, the process is we try and make it as easy as possible. Um, myself, Casey, you know, Felix and our colleague Paul are all on intake. So which means that I guess you can call up our center. Um, usually you can just walk in. Other, otherwise, um, a GP might make a referral for you. And we'll just have a little bit of a chat with you about things that are happening for you right now. It usually is about a 10, 15 minute chat to see whether we might be the right service. I guess we're, we're short term, multi moderate service. Um, you know, we're early intervention. So if that kind of fits what your needs are, then we'll book you in for a further discussion so we can really kind of you know, meet with you on telehealth and kind of just kind of normalize the process for you. We're, we're not scary. We're very friendly. We, we just want to make things a little bit easier for you. We've got wonderful psychologists and counselors yeah. and um, professionals that work here. We all work as, in a kind of multidisciplinary team. So we've got a wealth of knowledge to kind of help and, and support you as well. So we try and make the process as easy as possible, but also taking into account that it is a and you know nerve-wracking experience but um you know also taking it seriously if there are i guess real risk concerns that you mm -hmm. have for you so we'll do we will escalate things if you know you have big worries for yourself 
Um, and I guess like one of the big apprehensions that young people often have, have is this expectation that they need to be able to explain everything in like really eloquent words of what's going on for them. Um, and this pressure that we're just going to be like, you know, what's happening for you and just expect them to talk through everything. Um, that's not the case. Like it is really hard to start these conversations, especially if you've never seen um, a psychologist or a counsellor before. Um, so, you know, we, we will ask questions. Um, the first, se first few sessions, I guess, you know, we do ask a lot of questions about different areas of people's lives and what might be going on. Um, it's not, I guess, you know, on the young person to be able to tell us everything right away. Um, we can kind of, you know, take it at, you know, their own pace as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for anyone who might be listening to this and want to get in touch with any of you or the team at Headspace Bondi Junction, how can they do so, Felix? Uh, yeah, there's a few ways uh, of contacting us. Um, we have, uh, I mean, immediately, I guess, if you were interested to kind of talk to someone and engage with um, a psychologist or a service like that, um, you could give us a call on 93668800, Um You can also go, there's, as I mentioned at the beginning, there's Headspace centres um, all over kind of Sydney. New South Wales and Sydney in Australia. So um, you might not be from like the Randwick kind of area or Bondi Junction. So you can go to www.headspace.org.au, .org, not .com, um, and um, check your local Headspace centre um, and then just contact them. The, the numbers will be on the phone. There's also eHeadspace, which we talked about earlier, um, which is, has counselling services. And that's probably like the quickest way to access like immediate support if you really want to chat to someone um, that day or the next day, someone close, and you can have like a 30 to 45 minute uh, counselling session on the phone. But that way they also have um, online chats and group chats that you can do on eHeadspace. Um, and also if you just wanted to engage with um, Headspace Fondo Junction, ask questions of Casey Rach or any of the other um, professionals that we have here, exercise physiologists, I can never say that word, and um, uh, work and study specialists or any of GPs, uh, you can... Um, Go to the Instagram page, which is uh, headspace underscore Bondi underscore junction, um, and go to my videos. Like the videos, watch them. You know, there's lots of good info on them. There's also some um, some jokes, and um, uh, ask a question, and then I'll endeavour to put it to the professionals in the next episode. Um, ask a question, and then everyone can share in the knowledge, um, and we can all help each other out. That's kind of the goal of that. So yeah, the Instagram page is really good. Facebook as well is. Um, Headspace on my junction. Yeah. Check those out. Uh, I'll definitely be checking out your videos and seeing those jokes that you mentioned, Felix. Um, and we have a question from a student who's been watching at home for you as well. Um, what does the ideal to-do list look like for you? For me, my ideal to-do list. Well, it depends if it's a day of work or a day of you know fun. <laughs> um, my ideal to-do list. Well, okay, let's pretend for the sake of this, it's a work day. It would be. Um, uh, we'll wake up, go to the gym or run. And I would do that from like six to seven. Um, I, in my, in my old years, I've, I've become a real morning person. So six to seven, and then I'll get home, have breakfast. And then, uh, my ideal thing would be to like do two hours of uni work on, on an assignment. And then if I was really organized, I would do like two hours of reading on an upcoming assignment. Um, or, you know, just the reading that we have to do. There's so much of it. And then, um, I would have a break. Um, so I have lunch, walk the dog, and then in the afternoon I'll do like two more hours, or I'd try to do two more hours 
of some kind of study. But often I would end up in the afternoon, I would be working, so teaching or in my day job that I would normally do. So I think I'd aim to do four to, four to five hours of uni work if I could, but that's ideal. That's not something that I would normally do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we have a question for Rachel and Casey as well. Um, do you have any specific tips on how to push back against bad habits? I feel like I'm leaning into them too much. I think when we're thinking about pushing back against bad habits, um, it's interesting that I guess you're having that kind of insight into that, okay, this isn't working for me right now. Um, and I think that's probably a really good thing, um, mm -hmm. I guess, to tune into that you are you are having that, I guess, insight into, okay, this isn't working for me. I, I've got to change things up. I've got to start um, maybe being a bit more creative with the things that I'm doing. And I guess always kind of like giving yourself the benefit of the doubt, giving yourself a bit of credit that, okay, things haven't been easy and okay, you're wanting to push back against some of these bad habits. Well, what, what can I do tomorrow? What's something small that I can do tomorrow? You might set your alarm and wake up. You might get outside, go for a walk. I think for, for me, um, being able to break my bad habits whenever they come up, because we all have them, um, is being able to wake up in the morning and just get outside and go for a walk. And that feels like that changes my body clock. It changes my, my mind clock. It does so much for me just to be able to get outdoors, get some fresh air, get some sun on my skin, um, can really kind of um, rejuvenate me and kind of uh, help a lot um, to kind of shift some of that. And then it kind of like, it, it helps your whole day. Like it kind mm -hmm. of changes things throughout your day. And you might, you know, you might, add something else in where you, you know, it's small goals throughout the day that are achievable. They might be really small, but achievable. And you'll start to see a little bit of change happening. And I think some of the ideas about, you know, being accountable to others and, you know, making agreements to go out with others or to do things with others can be really helpful as well to kind of shift some of that um, bad habits as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. I think adding on from that, one thing that we kind of mentioned before is, you know, what's the purpose of that habit like what purpose is it serving for you often when we start to recognize that we can then think of other ways that we can start to meet that need as well um and i guess as well when we think about you know if motivation is something that we're struggling with um getting kind of what we want to get done done in the day isn't really happening um like rach said start small but also i think sometimes um when we kind of write these to-do lists and things like that they're you know, we say, okay, I want to get this much done of something or I want to get, you know, finish this assignment. Um, and then when we don't do that, we can be left feeling really defeated. Yeah. Um, and then it can be really hard to motivate ourselves to keep going with the assignment and to actually get it in. So sometimes shifting that perspective and thinking, okay, I'm going to set aside, you know, half an hour, an hour right now mm -hmm. and just do what I can. Mm -hmm. I don't have to get it all done. I can come back to it. But I'm, you know, kind of accepting where you get up to and not kind of putting this, high expectation that you're going to finish it in that time. It's just about, you know, I'm going to sit down for this much time and, you know, make a start on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, something that really, really great that you just mentioned was kind of looking at what you can do from here rather than what you've done up to this point, which is something that definitely helps me as well. You know, I might not have started this assignment yet, but if I put it off even longer, then, you know, I'll feel less in two days. So I might as well just start now. So I feel better in two days. So kind of looking at what you can do from now on rather than looking at the past as well. Um, and also you mentioned that, you know, um, Bondi Junction, the headspace there, has a lot of services that they offer. Um, do they cost much? So as a student, you know, um, 
Finances can obviously be a barrier to these kinds of things. What are the costs associated with uh, seeking support with Headspace? Completely free. You just need a Medicare <laughs> card, that's all. Cool, lovely, awesome. That sounds really, really great, especially for uni students. Um, and we have one more question from a student who said, I've been feeling down recently. How do I know when it's time to go and seek support? Yeah, I think I might just quickly jump in. Um, we encourage coming to Headspace and seeking support, not when you're in crisis. We want you to seek support when you are, you know, questioning what's going on for your mental health, questioning, you know, the anxiety that's brewing up or low mood that's brewing up so that we can, you know, step in and give you some really helpful support and strategies and tools. And that's why we're an early intervention service to prevent those kind of longer term um, mental illnesses. But, you know, absolutely, if there is crises that come up, um, we would encourage seeking out those kind of um, the mental health line or lifeline um, to get that crisis support. But we encourage to seek support um, when you're when you're feeling a little bit funny, you know, that's that's the time where, you know, a lot of really wonderful work can happen. So if you're questioning it um, get in touch. Mm, absolutely. And I think, you know, um, you know, for a service like Headspace, no problem is really too small. Um, if you're struggling to cope with something, that, that's enough um, to kind of reach out and get some support around it. You may only need a few sessions and that's great and that's what we can offer. Um, but, yeah, and I think also, you know, recognising when, when that low mood is impacting on your day-to-day -day, um, life and activities, if you're finding that you're not able to get done what you um, need to get done or you're kind of, you know, losing touch or connection with people, um, there are a few really clear signs that, you know, maybe something's not quite right and it's time to get some support. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and let me know if this is true, but of my personal experience, you know, um, especially when I was in high school, kind of my early uni days, was I was thinking about uh, going ahead and reaching out for, uh, for a bit of support, um, but I was like, you know what, I'm probably overreacting or I probably just don't need it or I, just, I should just wait it out. But my experience is just showing me that if you're considering reaching out, it's probably a sign to reach out. Um, and, you know, the worst thing that can happen, there really is no worst thing that can happen, you know. Um, you get the help that you need no matter what. And at least you, once you've reached out, you know, there's no, like, what if I had reached out? Um, maybe I do need it. There's no more. Worries. It's just kind of like dealing with that. Um, yeah. So if you are considering reaching out, I would really encourage you to reach out because I think that's a really good sign um, as well. So um, that's all the questions that we have from people at home. And I just wanted to thank the three of you so much for joining us. I think this was a really eye-opening session and really, really useful for students who are watching at home. Um, so thank you to everyone who was at home as well following along with this team talk. We'll be back again to catch up with you and to chat to new guests in the know about the tough stuff, to spill tea on hype around wellness and answer all of your questions about what's going on up top. If you have any questions or topics you want us to chat about, you can find us at arcwellnessunsw on Instagram or flick us a message or email us at wellness at arc.unsw.edu.au. Um, take care and drink lots of tea and we'll see you next time. <laughs>